All right, Daniel, I'm afraid we have to do this. We've got to talk about United's performance against Bournemouth on Saturday. First, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. I have discovered... I've, I've discovered saunas. Uh, well, I haven't discovered them. I mean, I don't mean that in either. Uh, yeah, I've yeah. just learned about them. Or like, I, I'm, like I'm a Liverpool fan, and I feel like I've just invented this thing that's already been invented. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that my wife, over the last few years, I guess, has... Like she is um, a woman of intense interests, shall we say? And in the last few, few few years, like health, mental health, has become one of them. And it turns out that if you have four to seven saunas a week, you've got a pretty good chance of staying alive for longer than you might have done otherwise, and have much less chance of getting Alzheimer's. Okay. So, I mean, and I personally am very into these hacks that involve that can help with longevity with minimum of effort. So I'm now having saunas every day. All right. I, I've, for one, have, maybe it's the British prude in me, never really found it that comfortable hanging around naked in a, with a bunch of strangers. But but it's not, I mean, you're sitting there in your shorts. Yeah. You don't have to, yeah. I mean, I'm, you could if you wanted, obviously, presumably, but uh, maybe you couldn't actually. You probably Hang couldn't. out with your, your but, little tubby dangling there and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think this would actually, I think this would actually be against the rules. When I advised one of my mates that I'd join this place to go, he said when he was a member, the sauna was regularly getting closed because someone misunderstood what getting hot actually meant. So, Lovely. Yes. Better there than the McFlurry machine. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. What the fuck was that? That was a light falling over. Let me, yeah, uh, I'll just do that. Yes. Indeed. So, are you doing the uh, um, Swedish Finnish, the Finnish style thing? Fin- and then, fi- yeah, Finnish. Yeah, you get Finnish there. The a plunge, like get cold, plunge in, plunge into some cold. Fifteen minutes. Yeah. Then I, I wouldn't go straight into the plunge because that might give you a heart attack. Like stand outside a few minutes, then into the plunge, then another fifteen minutes. And another thing that's in this area is after you've eaten, or from two hours after you've eaten, if you have. I have I have water because obviously you can't drink this stuff by itself because it's too minging. With a teaspoon of uh, cider vinegar and as much olive, as much extra virgin olive oil as I think I can drink, this this too is apparently healthy and requires relatively low effort. So yeah, there's another one. Yes, the- um, come and find me when we're all seven hundred years old and say thank you. Yeah, I might rely on technology. The side and United are still shit. Yeah, exactly. Seven hundred years time. Yeah, and Wayne Rooney Junior. 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 Junior is the manager. Yeah. All right. Jordan and Jordan Henderson's great 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 grandchildren don't have a job. Everyone else. <laughs> everyone else has been replaced by AI. Jordan Henderson's great, 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 great grandchildren may well be head of the House of Saud at that point. You never know. Oh, I see, like Joseph, basically. Jordan Henderson is Joseph. Well, apart from the bit that Joseph's the only guy in the Bible, the only man that the Bible tells us was good looking. But yeah, other than that. (laughs) It's funny, in in antiquity, a, a lot of Greek and Roman stories do talk about how good looking the characters. It's a big theme that goes through it. The most beautiful woman... There are at least four most beautiful goddesses. And there you go. I did not know Joseph was the, the good-looking one. Who's the good-looking one in the United side, then? Uh, was he any good? Well, it is Varane, I guess. But he's, for whatever reason, not allowed to play anymore. So we have to make do with 
various other donkeys in his stead. I think one thing we should say is that three near the home to Bournemouth, it could be different, could have been four or five near the home to Bournemouth, is not just a bad result. It is one of the worst results in United's post-war history. Yeah. On, on the one hand. On the other hand, we are, you are now in this situation where everyone in the Premier League, almost everyone apart from the bottom three is quite good. And they've got a good manager. And it's now at the point where they're starting to understand what he wants from them. So they've got good recently. Yes, we... W- Which begs a question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, why, why does he take so fucking long? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really does. We rather dismiss Bournemouth. Or let's be more accurate. I rather dismiss Bournemouth on the last pod because I... No, no, I joined <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> and, and actually, their recent form suggests that it is starting to click, as you say. Uh, and so they're better than perhaps we uh, gave them credit for. They are now sort of mid-table. Don't you have more points than Chelsea? So they were probably, one, they were probably slightly better than we thought. But yes, I will join you in saying this is one of the most catastrophic results. And perhaps people aren't talking about it quite like that. It doesn't feel like the post-Newcastle hysteria or the post-Liverpool uh, or City smashings, unfortunately plural on that, hysteria, well, we can, and, we can see next week, can't yeah, we? Yeah, well, we can see it's coming, yeah. So maybe <laughs> we're just waiting. But also, we've started to get used to it. And especially under this manager, we seem to get pummeled every now and again. And it's one step forward and a couple dozen backwards. And that seems to have been what happens. I mean, I don't know how you go from a performance like the one against Chelsea, which was intense. I, I, I mean, to be fair, they did give Chelsea a lot of chances in that game. But it was intense and they worked hard. To the one against Bournemouth, where they did not, and it was not, and it's just such a I, big retrograde step. I I watched Chelsea this lunchtime for work, and I mean I knew at the time Chelsea. I wrote on my notes when I was watching that game. Chelsea are dog shit, and we mustn't forget this. And Chelsea against Everton. Chelsea created I think one chance really right. in the game. Everton were. I thought Everton were more likely to get a second goal than Chelsea were to equalise. That's how shit Chelsea right. are. And so the fact that... I mean, I agree that we did put effort in, but do you think that they thought, well, we've just smashed Chelsea 2-1. <laughs> we're easily, we're easily out of Bournemouth. I don't know. We won't have to put effort in at the start of that game. Yeah. And this is one of the major problems, because... With ten us team, like when you, when you, we've seen with crap United teams quite a lot that they could start okay, and then as soon as they get a minor setback, it goes to shit. But when they when you don't even start well, then you've got massive problems, and it just some of the shit that went on yesterday. And I felt like maybe Newcastle would be that like the manager's line in the sand where he's saying I won't accept this bullshit anymore, but. He then puts Martial back in, and I, I understand that you can't, he doesn't want to play Hoyland in all the games, mate. But I think you might have to, or I think we'd all rather see Rashford through the middle, just because at least he's got some credit in the bank and something to actually play for. Yeah, because he wants to play in the team. He's still got Martial knows ultimately that what's he doing at United? Not a lot. No, it's a waste of everyone's time at this point. Although. <laughs> There was a story that came out saying they're considering triggering the one-year 
extension in his contract. I mean, just we fucking riot if that happens. I said that as, I'm triggered. Yeah, I'm triggered by the thought of that. That's just absolutely mental. That is Ed Woodward coming back from the grave. Goes to Christmas past to tell us our future, which is like absolute bollocks. Yeah, hopefully not. Marshall in the team, I can only think it's because Rashford in, is in such a poor state of form, mindset, that Ten Hag doesn't want him there. Or Grace in, Graces. Yeah, I mean, who yeah, knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, and, in- and Hoyland is not fit. Uh, he's had this back problem and they're trying to manage it. Because I, I, I couldn't remember whether he'd completed the full 90 at all this season, Hoyland. I don't think so, but I haven't. I should go look it up on FB Ref or something, but it feels like he hasn't completed a full 90. <laughs> and so I'm just wondering, he came into the season with his back injury, he's not fully fit. Amrabat spoke about it himself, that he wasn't fully fit, he's still kind of getting up to speed, and it shows it sometimes. He wasn't the worst offender yesterday. And, and then yesterday, to add to the kind of weird selection of Anthony Martial. You then had this kind of dance around at the back with Luke Shaw at centre-back, who had a bad game, honestly. I mean, he's normally done quite well there. Reguilón, who's no Luke Shaw at left-back, and this kind of weird double pivot of, well, single pivot of Amrabat and, and Scott McTominay bombing on and getting in Bruno's zone constantly. It's, it's just weird as fuck. There's no coherence to any of it. And he did that shuffle yesterday for some weird reason that I didn't understand at all. No, it's not easy to understand totally what the point. What 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 what, what should this look like when it's going well? And it isn't clear. And I don't I don't know what he's what 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 so what, what point is he trying to get to? Because we have this McTominay paradox where he's the only one who can score, but he makes the team shit. And like, yeah. well, the only thing that makes it shit, but. What? Where are we trying to get to with this? At what point will he not be in the team anymore? And when? When? When will that be? Because that's obviously the vision. I didn't sign Mason Mount to play McTominay. And when? When can we start to move things on to try to try and be good? And are we really going to be watching Harris Maguire play centre back for the rest of the season? I mean, it seems like it. Yeah. I mean, on on McTominay. I would say it's some kind of short-term thing while he's waiting for Mount and, and Casemiro to be fit, I guess, or to fully trust Kobe Mainu. I, I don't know what's happened, or Kobe Mainu, I should say. I'm not sure what's happened there. He had a good game against Everton, and he's been out of the team ever since. So something. Ten Hag doesn't trust it somehow, somehow. I don't know. But but I, I, can't, well, see, I can't see the end state with Scott McTominay. He's obviously convinced himself that the trade-off of having a completely ineffectual midfielder is worth the occasional goal. So, and it, it seems to me, and far, far be it me to criticise an actual football coach, because I'm not, but it seems to me that they might score more goals with a functioning midfield than they do with McTominay now and again popping up for a goal. And I dare say concede fewer. Yeah, oh, for sure. There, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and... It's the kind of, I thought the Newcastle game was the game perhaps where he'd say, okay, enough, that this is what we're going to do now. We're going to try and do the thing that I want to do. But he's not doing it. We've got Bayern in midweek, going out, we're going out of the Champions League, and then we've got to go to Anfield. And I'd like to, 
what what do we think? Like, what do you think his ideal midfield is? Of of the teams that of the players that he's got, everyone fit. everyone's fit. Everyone, everyone everyone's fit. fit. What do I think he would do? I think he probably thought at the beginning of the season he would play Casemiro, Mountain Bruno. I, I I'm suspicious about whether there's any balance there because again, we know already that's a load of bollocks. Yeah. that's that's bollocks. I I think if he if he really wanted to progress the midfield to something different, it would be my new Amrabat and Bruno. I think whatever happens, despite the criticism, you've got to play Bruno. He may be a chaos merchant, but he is uh, on like progressive passes, chances created, expected assists. He's way above everyone. Like uh, until you move to what something I... different, he, he has to play. Because every other formation, every other like variant of three in midfield is less creative. And well, also the thing with Bruno is it's true what you say about the chaos, but then get him on the ball in the right places. Yeah, like he can. Like last season, he did do some good work playing more of as a box to box player, and he can do it because he can hit long passes and he can see the passes to hit, but. I thought like the idea for me of having say Mayda and Casemiro or Mayda and Amrabat is you can then have him near near the box yeah. and it then becomes it's not he's not chaotic to the structure of the team at that point he's just one of the people you're looking to get on the ball in dangerous areas and then at that point you kind of have you're allowed to sort of allowed to give it away I mean he he is a knobhead for getting booked like that yesterday so dumb yesterday. so dumb yeah. And there was some, um, some was complaining to me that there was a point where he's rolling about on the floor because he doesn't get a free kick. Bournemouth counter and nearly score. United get the ball back and he jumps up, but they can't play it forward because he's offside. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The booking was infuriatingly dumb, totally unnecessary. He should have known. I think he probably did if you see his reaction, exactly what he's done there. And he was annoyed with the ref, I think, but really should be annoyed with himself because he did that. So, and to go with, by the way, who did he give the dumb free kick away against Galatasaray? Where he made the foul twice, yeah, twice, yeah, twice, twice. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of brain deadness in this United team. Unfortunately, that hasn't left. I, I thought it might have some of it. It might have been removed. Chris Smalling, fine bloke and all, but one of the dumbest footballers. But I've we'd ever get seen. into this team, Edward. <laughs> yes. We would be an automatic selection in this team. He would be. Yeah, yeah. I hate. Like I, I clearly, I'm struggling with the, I'm struggling with what Ten Hag is trying to do here, and it's certainly not all on him because there's a bunch of players who aren't, they shouldn't be good enough given the amount of money the United have spent over the last few years to get anywhere near this team, but are in the team, and our first picks. And um, but that's partly because he's like he's picking them when he doesn't have to. Yeah, he could easily have him. He's got him in Amrabat, Mainu. In Amrabat, Mainly Bruno, no one would say, what are you doing if you pick that midfield? In fact, for probably there, I don't know. I'm not sure that'd be my first choice midfield at this point because I just, I don't feel like I've seen enough of Mount playing for United or enough of Amrabat just playing. Like I'd probably, if you pushed me, I'd probably go mainly Casemiro and Bruno. But he's got midfield, that midfield available. And if you think about the changes... McTee is the one who's playing all the games. McTee and Bruno basically playing every game. Yeah, and it, and it um, leads to the same thing every single time, which is a big gaping hole in United's midfield. And like particularly vulnerable on the counter, 
And we saw that a lot yesterday, but we also saw it against Everton, for example, where 20 something shots Everton did. And we've seen it against Galatasaray and we've seen it over and over again. Copenhagen, like teams just transitioning through United's midfield. It's completely open and then the pressure's immediately on the centre backs. And Harry Maguire yesterday made a couple of very good tackles, but he's doing that because he's immediately he- under pressure. It's like desperate stuff. And also, the first goal, so, he loses his man. He does lose his man, and and five foot. You've two, got one thing sure, to do, Luke Shaw. It? Yeah, apparently Luke Shaw's like over six foot. I don't believe it. No, he's tall, Luke Shaw. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I know you're not as tall as you, obviously, but but he is he is tall. Yeah, he was he was he was bought yesterday. But Maguire getting Player of the Month. I mean, what was that about? And that was kind of what we were saying on the midweek pod that. There are just certain players that stuff to do with them attracts attention. So you leave Rashford out, you leave Maguire out, then people want to talk about it, which is not the case necessarily with other with other players. And Maguire suddenly had a couple of vaguely acceptable games against dog shit opposition. Yeah, I, was that that's Premier League only. So United only played three games, beat Luton, uh, Luton, Everton, and what was the other one? Luton, Everton, and one other. God, we're getting old. Uh, it'll come to me in a minute. So there's three games with no goals conceded in the Premier League. But at the same time, they got smashed by Newcastle in the League Cup. Uh, they had that chaotic game in Copenhagen, which they lost. And they had that draw with Galatasaray, right? So it's not like the team manager of the month, like team of the month. It's not like we're actually playing well. It was actually really only one good performance that Everton won through that. And Harry, I guess... There's a narrative building about how good he is, but like, I don't know. I think a lot of that's because when you make last ditch tackles and do stuff like that, because they're so fucking open. I wish he even did that. I I, I wish he did make last ditch tackles, but he doesn't really. Um, Yeah. I mean, I feel like he needs to up his reiteration game this this next week because we're going to need I, it. I didn't see an apology post for, from him. Did did I miss it? Was there one? So I I I, I don't I, know. They tried to make Bruno apologise on match of the day in the interview afterwards. Why? I uh, yeah. Well, he's he's not going to do that. I I particularly like Harry's brand of apology post. So it's kind of snivelling and pathetic. <laughs> you know, it makes me feel good for a moment. So, yeah. man. Uh, I mean, is there anything to say about the goals, particularly? I mean, obviously, the first one is I a mess. So, Deft's Philip Billing yeah. has Philip on the back of his shirt. Like, like he's Brazilian. Like, anyone knows him. Like, even it's- if you say Philip Billing, most people don't know the fuck you're talking about. So, Philip. What? Uh, I don't know. Do you know the story behind that one? Is there a story? I don't know. There must be. Is it going to be like his pet rat Philip got run over in childhood? I thought you had to get a special dispensation to have not your family name on there. I thought that was the point, because otherwise they'd have all sorts of crap on there. Dumb ballers would have, yeah, like all sorts of stupid references. I thought you had to ask specifically, so... For some reason. Did you know, tangentially, I remember reading that when the players, whatever the game it was, I guess it was Call of Duty maybe, I don't know, probably more your department than mine, the players used to have a game together on which Vidic's screen name or whatever was Arkan. Oh, dear. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 
no need for the googling there fucking hell yeah there's yeah i'm sure that's exactly why you have to it has to be registered with the premier league because there's someone checking that you're not like sticking hitler on the back or some fucking nonsense because some dumb 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 baller would do something like that so anyway i don't know why philip billing's doing that it's probably some sad story or something but we should not be letting him score what about which is you don't need to have Hitler on the back because as we can just say, well, what was what did Wayne Hennessy say he was doing? Oh God, yeah, waving tra- to his friends. I was friends. trying to make a Wayne Hennessy joke. Yeah, I couldn't remember what he said he was doing. He was, yeah, he was waving to a friend or something like that, or well, waving to the cameraman. Waving, so. yeah, Jesus, <clears throat> I can't even remember the two of them were from Headers, weren't they? So the sense he got the Philip, the- so Philip. So, Filipino um, <laughs> scored a header. He basically got a run on. And then was yeah, yeah. the only man with about 17 attackers. Yeah. yeah. Philip out. <laughs> sort of plop, plops a header. But I sort of wondered if another might have done better with, even though it was sort of, for the sort of range and time to look at it, that he shouldn't have been able to get near it. It felt like he was trying to save something that wasn't it. Yeah. You see what I mean? Like, like he was flapping at something that just where the ball never was or wasn't going to. I don't know. And the third one. Sensi oh, from the corner, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 All of them a mess. So that that's the yes, other thing Scott then- McTominay is supposed to give us, height. So, I mean, I don't believe for a moment. I mean, you can't argue he does that. He does give you that, yeah. But so does Rafa Varane, who wins absolutely everything. And the reason that he's not in the team, we're supposed to be told, is that the passing lanes are better when you have a right footer on the right and a left footer on the left. And that's what Ten Hag wants. And therefore, Maguire's in form and therefore Varane's not in the team. But I just, I find it hard to believe in my naivety as just a football fan that, Five times Champions League winner, World Cup winner, Rafa Varan wouldn't be able to cope with playing on the left side of of uh, a central defensive partnership and having probably the best left back in the league at left back, giving balance to your attack might also give United more attacking positions. I don't know. So it's a it's a head scratcher. <laughs> I I I can't. I just I can't abide Maguire and Lindelof anymore. We we just we know what what are we waiting to find out and I don't know if they get I, to their four hundred game know. together it might click and you never know so yeah I I, <laughs> I felt like if we'd have had Varane we might we might have got out of that Galatasaray game with a win and we're about to play Bayern Munich and it it just the mind boggles it really it really does and yeah unless. If he's been Billy Big Bollocks trying to force the manager that is trying to force Varane out now so that he can get someone who will be fit, who will be part of the team going forward. Okay, he doesn't need to do Let's this see. to do it. Definitely doesn't need to cut his nose off to spite his face. He can just say, "Hey, well, he might. So. He might because Varane's not playing." I'm not. I'm not. I'm totally hypothesizing. Yeah. I'm just saying that. The way you force someone out isn't by picking them and then saying, do you mind nipping off? It's by making it so that they have to go. I don't, I don't know that's what he's doing, but maybe that's what he's doing. And then we, we go and get Varane's replacement. I mean, I, I'm sure the idea originally was to get Varane's replacement while you've still got Varane. Yeah. 
But yeah, yeah. I mean, like, they bring in someone like better. That's always great. I don't trust United whatsoever to do these deals, right? Because they've proven over and over again that they they have no long term vision or plan. Now, maybe let's just speculate, and it's really like Route One speculation that it is Jean Claude Tudibo, who's obviously at our soon to be partner club, uh, and whose metrics are off the scale. Right? I haven't seen much of him live. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, if you're a stats nerd, then it looks, looks great on square paper. Exactly. He really looks good there in actual football terms. Not quite so sure, but you'd hope there'd be some people with the new ownership who may be quite close to that. Uh, so maybe, maybe that's the answer. Who knows? I don't know. It, it is, then- it is weird though. What has happened? He's suddenly disappeared out of the team and can't get anywhere near it. And we're playing a left back. We're playing Sergio Reggion ahead of him, effectively. Tottenham's third he's choice left back. Is. Yeah, he's not good. I mean, he's someone who looks like he could be good, but just every time he gets into a good position, he makes the balls up. Yeah. yeah, it's just he doesn't, he's not able to just do that thing that you have to do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear me. He did overlap well, so he did get into some good positions. I mean, Bournemouth also played it quite narrow, so they played narrow and broke, which, which, which squeezed McTominay and Bruno all into one zone. Like they knew what they were doing defensively, Bournemouth. You could actually see that they had a plan to to cope with the few strengths that United have, because they know Anthony is never going to go on the outside. He did once actually. The crowd got all excited. He beat a man and then fell over rather theatrically. But he almost yeah, never I mean, does it. A... So everyone's squeezed into this tiny area. Not not a surprise. United created hardly any chances. Again, that's just me, a football fan, not a coach going this looks rather obvious why isn't ten Hag doing something about this well well there's always there's always that thing that we cannot know which is the disconnect or the difference between what he's telling them to do and what they're doing and obviously his job is to get them doing what he's telling them to do so yeah. them not doing that also reflects on him but mainly you've got to play you've got to take responsibility if you're an adult take responsibility for yourself and they're not. And I think I said this on Thursday, but part of me is still sort of want to just get rid of almost all of them and just start again. But then I think, well, I don't feel that sacking the manager would be helpful at this point. No, because he started another cycle. Me, so it's. So even though part of me wonders, a large part of me wonders if it's too far gone already. 11 defeats. For either him. So it's, it's got to be him close. Either for yeah, either for him to turn it around, yeah. or maybe what we've seen tells us that he's not good enough. Well, at some point, if it continues like this, so we're not at the halfway stage of the season, we've lost 11 times. Obviously, there's going to be fewer opportunities to lose that many in the second half of the season, because we're not going to be in as many competitions. <laughs> but um, if if you get to the end of the season, you lost more than 20 times, you'll have burnt all his credibility. You know, the one thing I'd say, I, I think I said it, last week was that with new management coming in even if they had some kind of from a distance faith in him uh, that is a very obvious point to sort of start the cycle again I mean the reason why I, I I'm not like fully on Ten Hag out this guy hasn't got it he's an idiot like uh, but part of it is we're only 18 months in are we going to start again for the sixth time post Fergie but a lot of it is 
that's starting again from this point with United's finances having like financed four hundred million pounds worth of signings and it actually in quite a tight position. Like you're not gonna be able to give the new man, whoever it may be, that kind of backing again. And unless we really believe in the new management structure, which hey, who knows, we haven't seen it yet, would we trust the club to get it right? Like haven't got anything right. For the last 10 years, like <laughs> list the 70 something players that United have bought post Fergie. And there's, I bet there's less than a handful who are actually good, who've actually proven themselves to be good and you trust, you know? Fewer. It's who are, who are, I'm not sure. <laughs> but pick them, name them. So, yeah, yeah the, the one, there's only, of all the players signed post Fergie, Bruno Fernandes is the only Unquestionably, one. Unquestionably, yeah. And people still question him, but mm-hmm. that is about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's phenomenal, especially when you consider that there was a pro forma that already existed at United of how not to do this. And yet they somehow went and did it again. Yeah. Um, History repeats. I think my problem with Ten Huff now, it's not so much where we find ourselves, because I am prepared to be patient and to let him see. And we haven't, he hasn't had... He hasn't ever, I don't think, been able to pick what he thinks is his first 11. And this season, he hasn't had his first choice back for at all. So I am willing to give him some time and space to, for that, for those things to change. What I'm finding difficult is just within that, it shouldn't look like this. We're seeing other managers like Iraola, like Postacoglu, like Edward fucking Howe, like Emery make him look a bit of a tit if we're being brutal. Yeah, I mean, there's questions marks because, like, Newcastle's form this season has been mixed. Postacoglu obviously spurs, as soon as the injuries hit, their squad is too thin and it's fallen off a cliff. So there's question marks there. But Emery, with fewer resources... Emery had had a good team. He had a really good team, a squad of players, that the idiots that had had it before him didn't know what to do with. They They couldn't work it out. So... Well, I don't think, and I think the thing with Newcastle is it's fine that the form has been mixed. You can, no, that's not unexpected. Champions League's relatively small ish squad of good players. But when you watch them play, even when they're not playing well, it looks like it's meant to look. It looks like something. And that isn't the case with Ten Huff. And it, it, we, it isn't the case because he's picking a team that won't allow it to be any different to that. And that makes it hard to believe in him because what we're seeing now is so far away from what we want to see but also probably from what he wants to see and it feels like is are you bottling this in real time are we watching you just forget what you're trying to do to try and get the results to stay afloat well that's definitely what he's doing he's i mean he he bends towards the more pragmatic than philosophic i think more than i thought uh but yes, he's he's under a massive amount of pressure. He knows that his job must be on the line. He's intelligent enough to realise new management coming in that is often curtains for a for a manager, and he's just trying to get short term results. That's the only explanation for the amount of chopping and changing and McTominay in our midfield, right? That is, it's he can't believe that. Yes, I'm going to turn this into IX 2019 with Scott McTominay in midfield. He doesn't. So, so, so when, so, but when, when does it get to be good then? When do we, in his mind, 
at what point does it get? What are we waiting for to happen for it to be allowed to be good? Well, he said... And incidentally, it should still not be this shit, even with McTominay in the team. Yeah, no, it shouldn't be. He said in midweek that the team aren't good enough to be consistent. So, it's just, it's just the thing is, there's a lot of his players in Villa. here. There's a lot of his players in here. And, so. and there's a lot of consistency. So, you could, what you could say, what, is what he wants so fucking complex and intricate that... It can only be achieved when he's got a player, a high-level player that he wants in every position, whereas what Postacoglu and Emery and those guys are asking can be done, can be achieved by mere, by mere mortals. I don't know. Like fucking Pedro Porro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, it just, it doesn't bear much scrutiny. No, it doesn't. I mean, it's quite I, easy I to pick apart that narrative. If, if we were to try and defend Ten Hag, it's very, very hard, right? So the, No, I don't so agree. So that I don't agree with. I think it's really easy to criticise him, and I, th- um, I think it's also really easy to defend him because he's always got every manager has a defence for the Glazers. True. But and he didn't want it to look like this. And the injuries also... How are you meant to judge? They signed Mason Mount. We think he's the wrong player, but he's had three injuries this December. Yeah. So we don't know. Amrabat turns up he's not fit yeah. in pre-season. Hoyland turns up he's injured. Yeah. And obviously he signed these people injured, but he's not signing them for now. We're supposed to be adults about yeah, this yeah. and say, okay, you're signing Hoyland because you want him for the next decade. We're not going to get on your ass if it's a slow start to the season because he's not fit and he's getting used to it. Sure. Because we, we can see that he's good and we can. Yeah. We can see that Hoyland can play. It could go on to be good. So then us judging the manager who clearly wanted another centre-forward, an experienced centre-forward, and didn't get one. He wanted rid of Maguire. He wanted rid of McTominay. And now, look, so the things I criticise, I criticise him for giving Dallow a deal. Well, that was ridiculous behaviour, if you're keeping one Bissaka. But, I mean, on none that looks that looks like the manager's uh, definitely the manager signing, and obviously he looks rubbish. And that one we can blame him for, I guess, because I mean it's weird because uh, maybe this was lost in translation, but he said that Anana was masterful, and to me, even when it's going well, he's at his best. You could be say he's effective. It generally masterful or masterful against it's Bournemouth. Not- what was the context of that statement? No, no generally, generally right. he said Onana, Onana was a masterful goalkeeper. Yeah, and he's not the master of jack shit. Yeah, he might he might sometimes be effective, but I mean, I the first couple of errors didn't worry me too much because I was willing to accept that a new goalkeeper might make some mistakes early doors. But having now seen more or less half a season of him, and now understanding that the errors that I saw are really manifestation of the way the careless, yeah. haphazard That's his technique. in which he yeah. keeps goal. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to write him off. I'm not going to write him off right now. But, but I'm not. I don't. I don't feel hopeful with it. No, but but it, it extends the, the you know the questionable decisions on transfers extend, and it's not just him, by the way. Of course, we have you know we have Murtar and O'Brien and the whole scouting team there. So it's not just on Ten Hag, but it feels like a lot of this is what he wanted, right? So he's not picking the numbers, but he's intelligent enough to know that if you spunk a hundred million euros, eighty million quid. 
on Anthony, who had zero output in the Eredivisie and has zero output in the Premier League, then there'll be consequences for what you can do with the rest of the team, right? So there's Anana, huge fee for a player who was a free the year before. Mount, huge fee for a player who had one year left on his contract. Anthony, astronomical fee for a player who has zero output. Like, he's not going to change now. This is the player he is. Casemiro looked like he was physically fading. We said it when he joined like good short term worry about the long term the long term came at us faster than we hoped or wanted sorry so there's lots of question marks and and of course ten hag is as you can defend him on some of that casemiro was not the player he wanted for sure he wanted frankie de jong for the the ball carrying and the transition from defense to midfield of course but he said yes on a very very different profile of player and knowing what that kind of size of fee would do to his ability to then spend money elsewhere. He said, yes, on Mason Mount, I can't, for the life of me, can't even like rationalise a reason, but there's something there that they were thinking about. Um, so he, he, he's cut. <laughs> there's something there that they were thinking about. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I, there, there are strings of WhatsApps in what, of course, like, like you, I mean, a bunch of WhatsApp groups with football supporting mates with me watching England going, what the fuck is this guy? Over and over again, like until I'm... Fun- yeah, anyway. Are you typing that with an American accent? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> 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 this guy is no good at kickball. I can't do an American accent, so... Uh. Yes, I mean, I I, I, I agree that... Yeah, and I mean, I think in retrospect, and I, I don't think Anthony was as bad as people said he was. Keep saying this. Someone should have put their foot down about Anthony, really, and said, "What are you talking about? There's nothing that makes it makes it suggest Richarlison's just scored against Spurs three Newcastle nil." Wow, Eddie Howe for the chop. I would, yeah. I mean, not a I mean, single point, tear will come down my face when Eddie Howe gets the sack. I wish him to be thoroughly humiliated. Oh, I you meant, like for the for the chop, literal out. chop. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, who knows? I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Perhaps not visit an embassy anytime soon, Eddie. But, but yeah, I, I will be delighted when he finally goes because it's inevitable at some point. But yeah. Anyway, Ten Hag so is, think- yeah, I, I like it. I mean, the, the defense of him is that last season was a big progression on the year before and that we had some kind of signposting of what kind of team he wanted to produce. We weren't, we didn't think that it was the final shape of it by any means, but we got a trophy. We got a, a strong position in the league, FA Cup final. That's it was a good first year, wasn't it? Right, that's the defense of him that we could somehow see. He's been strong with, he's been clear at least in the players he wants out. He's not actually been able to achieve all of that. I don't know whether that's on him really. He made some like clear decisions on Ronaldo. I guess some of this is good, right? That's the defense of him. The negatives are piling up though aren't they and i think they're probably higher than the positive pile uh, at this stage i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say that because he won a trophy and so it will take a lot to detract from that but there haven't been many positives this season many situations where he's done something different that's worked or done changed the game from the bench or anything like that i mean all that's really happened is scott mctominay started scoring goals and that's not even a good thing so yeah, he's not he's not having any kind of impact at the moment. But then 
you keep thinking, well, at some point he's just going to pick a slightly different team and stick to it. Yep. And he doesn't. I, um, I don't. Yeah, I know. I, I don't want to judge him until I've seen Martinez back. Sh- Martinez and Shaw in the team, and Casemiro and Maynu and Bruno, and then Hoyland with two wingers. But it would be oh my gosh, four nil Spurs. Oh, is that being the host? Sorry, no one wants to hear me commentating like on the soccer Saturday. Go on, g- give, it, give us your best Drury impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and I just, I think I lose patience with managers, and I want the managers post Fergie. I've wanted them gone when I've lost hope that they have the ability to make it better than it is. I don't feel like that. I don't even feel that we're that close to that. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I'd like him to just draw. I'd just like him to say, right, this is that was then, and this is now which is a very famous phrase in psychotherapy, a particular favourite of someone who is a a Dr. Shafali Savari. If any of you are interested in, I mean, his main main thing is parenting. And I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not a self-help books person particularly, but her books on parenting are excellent. And I found very helpful with parenting. If anyone wants to go, wants to go and investigate that. But, one of the phrases she constantly uses, and I think about it a lot, is that was then, this is now. Because you just, any circumstance you're in, you can bring a whole bunch of irritating shit to it, or you cannot. And yeah, I just, I'd like him to, that was then, and this is now, this whole situation. And, but just retain all his grudges and say, right, this is the team that I, this is the team that's gonna, the nucleus of my team for the next two years. And I'm gonna let them play. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get, I get what you mean. Uh, my, my wife likes uh, parenting books as well, and she tells me, because it's one she read, that I should regulate my emotions with the kids when they uh, drive my anger-induced rage <laughs> uh, because they uh, won't get ready in the morning and get to school on time or something like that. And I was not able to regulate my emotions with these fuckers yesterday. And they drive me fucking wild, too. I, I do get what you mean exactly about he should decide what his team looks like and, and stick to it. And that's the, that's the thing about I want my team to play a certain way. I want the kind of shape. I'm going to do the best I can to stick to the plan, even though I've got injuries and there's challenges at the moment. And that's what Postacoglu at Spurs has done, which is say, I'm going to stick to the plan, even though I've got some injuries. And it's not it's the, the results turned down. Yeah, the plan is the plan. The plan is the plan. And Ten Hag has not done that, and he's he's much more like Mourinho in that he's like, well, here's the plan for this game, and then here's the plan for this game, right? And there doesn't appear to be an end state. And when and and like that all gets distilled down to people talking about, I don't know what the identity of this team is, right? And it's shorthand for that thing, which is United do not have a defined way of playing other than it's some form of possession dominance. We are not that good on the transitions despite Ten Hag wanting us to be the quote-unquote best transition We're team in the world. Good. We're very, very We're bad at defending. At high. Quite good at winning it high. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, but not good high at doing anything with or high. You know, there's two different things. Yeah. I mean, yes, we do produce a lot of turnovers. That has got a lot better. The coordinated press is better. It's not infallible because people do beat that press quite often and they were completely open but it is it is producing a lot of turnovers but um it's producing then 
shots from range, not a lot of high probability chance creation, sadly. I mean, three shots on target yesterday. And not all of that was that it was poor finishing from good positions. In fact, most of it wasn't. So that that is about <laughs> it. And, and, and so those are the things that worry me. It's like 18 months into the Ten Hard project and, and we're still like, oh, so what we're really hoping for is that the players that are injured are coming back. We're not going to do any business in the, in the winter. So, so then he'll be able to instill whatever it is and we'll have a stronger end to the season by which time we'll be out of the Champions League and, um, out of the League Cup and chasing fourth place, which fortunately there's a lot of other inconsistent teams as well. So fourth place will be competitive, but possible. Um, and, and that's it. And then we're going to roll over to the third season and hope it all comes together then. Right. That, that's the, that's the sunny picture, I think, is that that happens. Like we can't hope for better, um, than that right now. And so. Then we're hoping for by the end of Ken Hag's third season, May, June 2025, that we're what? Are we close to a title challenge at that point? It's kind of hard to see it from here, isn't it? So, Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I had hoped that we'd see some kind of challenge next season. But in the back of my mind, I thought if we got a good start, we might be able to at least stick with the teams at the top for a little while. <laughs> well, we are, we are only so, three points behind. No, no, it's six now, isn't it? I was going to say we started the weekend three points behind City, but yeah, it's now back to yeah, 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 not no more. All right, shall we talk a little bit about Bayern? So Bayern, I I don't not fancy us to win that. <laughs> on, come on let, let's hear the uh, theory of the case here like yeah because part of the problem with these dickheads is, is effort and intensity yeah i don't think that a home game in the champions league against bayern munich they're gonna start the game like they're on mogadon i just i don't i don't think that's gonna happen so at that then at that point it becomes about can we get the first goal because if we can, the players that we have on the counter, just the attacking players that we have in general, able to hurt any team. It's more about what happens when things, if things don't go according to plan or our ability just to hand over goals or not bother taking very easy chances. Although it'd be nice to create some. I, I, I would have quite fancied us to qualify if there were two out of the three results in the other match would qualify us. But, hoping for a draw and for us to beat Bayern, obviously feels like a bag of bollocks. Yeah, it does. I mean, Bayern got smashed over the weekend. So maybe there's some hope. I don't know whether that's good for us or not, really. I, I don't think that's it's good pr- for It's us. probably not because Tuchel might have been looking at this as a dead rubber. But it's Bayern. Yeah, rest, rest some players. Yeah, it's Bayern. And you really can't have two bad results without both, both the fans, the media, but also the Bayern board getting tetchy about it and then being second in the bundesliga four points behind leverkusen uh like that is enough to get any Bayern manager sacked basically but also yeah chucking a chucking away a champions league result i mean they have qualified there's nothing on it riding on it for them but yes i wonder whether they will want to come back and tutu will be feeling under some pressure 
Yeah, it's it's. I don't feel like it's good for us. It probably mean, makes it means it's more likely he'll pick a full strength team or a strong team because they want a result. But we need a result, so there it is. It's a real like it's extremely aggravating to be going out with Champions League like this. Like the group is as low quality as this. This one, I mean, it's mainly another one, isn't it? This one, goal against Bayern, at least one of the goals against Galatasaray at home, the two goals against Galatasaray away. Yeah. Can't remember what happened with the four. We managed to concede to fucking Copenhagen, <laughs> but that felt more like it was a Maguire Varane situation. Yeah, that was a midfield problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a pisser because I mean I don't want us to get hammered by a better team, but I genuinely don't think there are that many teams in the Champions League that are capable of hammering us if we're in good form. Yes, um, yes. I mean, this Bayern team probably are. I mean, I I don't know how a, a team with... I mean, you look at their back five plus the two sitting in front of them. I don't know how that team can seize five goals, which is what they did yesterday. Pretty nutty, honestly. They must have all had a day off. But there's a lot of quality in that team just on paper. Obviously, it's not all like kind of clicked this season. Tuchel is unhappy with that midfield balance. You know, Kane has obviously scored a bucket load of goals. He was always going to. But the thing that like Tuchel's not happy with is like his his number ten, right? He's been trying to phase Muller out and and the balance of Kimmich and Goretzka in midfield. Which to my eyes looks like a very solid double pivot. But to Tuchel's does not it's stop so yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, I love Goretzka. I think that Kimmich is sort of one of those players who is brilliant because he can play those positions, but he's not quite brilliant in any of them. Goretzka probably the injuries have limited how good he was going to be. He's sort of getting to the point where United probably sign him. Yeah, yeah, we have been dumping ground for Bayern's cast-offs, haven't we? But, yeah, their defence isn't that good at all. Um, I mean, Musiala, obviously, is a really very serious player. Yeah. And I... Is, um, is he fit? Because he didn't play at the weekend. Is he? Do they just rest I him? I mean, I hope... I hope uh, surely they can't be resting him for us. No, he came on. Sorry, I'm just looking at it now. He 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 came on. So, yeah, no, I'm, I assume he'll play. So he'll come back into the team. I mean, they have they have missed Delit. I guess Kim and Jay had a great season last season with with Napoli. It hasn't been as solid this season. Open Meccano is like one of those players that feels great sometimes and not always. Though so, Noyes there's, just there's come back into the team. So yeah, there's there there definitely is. We're talking our way into a United could do something here, but yeah, like so there's there's definitely. I think we know that they can. We know that they can. They probably won't. But I just, I can't bear another Europa League. I'm actually, I'm taking, I'm going on, on one Tuesday because like two of my best mates, their son is a United fan. I promised him I'd take him to a game for his bar mitzvah, which was in the summer. So he was, so which one do you want to go to? So this is the one he picked, which is actually quite interesting because it, it's, it, I guess it's the branding. Because even after the Galatasaray game, I said, do what you want, but if you want to go to Chelsea instead, we can do that. And he didn't. He wants to. I guess he wants to hear the music. Yep. I don't. I mean, yep. it is great. I mean, I, I tell you, it is the music. I mean, for all we say about UEFA and the Champions League, 
when you hear that music, you know something's happening. It is, it is great. But I was surprised because it's just as a United supporter myself. Like I, I haven't, I haven't been so I can't remember the last yeah. time I controlled Trafford. Yeah. Because I, I stopped going in 05 and then, I mean, I've been on freebies a few times since then, but I haven't been probably f- for a decade. But I would have picked Chelsea, not Bayern. Well, yeah, well I hope he enjoys it. Well, he's got to spend the day with me. So I, I guess it's a bit screwed. Yeah, bonus. I guess the question, like on the musical theme, at uh, what point does the fat lady sing for Ten Hag who will get smashed by Bayern? Liverpool and, and Liverpool. West Ham and Villa. Those are the, those are, we could lose uh, the West Ham away. You're like, okay, mixed bag there from the Moisaya. The, the other games look incredibly difficult. West Ham right was 5 0 to Fulham, didn't they? Did they? I believe so. 4 0. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, just yeah. got proper clattered to Fulham. But yeah, I mean, if we, if you lost the, if we lost the next four, then yeah, he's, he's, he's in big, he's in big trouble. I hope that doesn't happen, as I said. Not because this is not a case where, the back of my mind, I'm semi, not wanting United, not wanting United to get beat, but don't exactly mind that much if they do, because I know that it's not going anywhere under this manager. I mean, I have strong suspicions it's not going anywhere under this manager, but yeah, I still, I still want him. I still want him to get a good go at it, and I want to. I do want to see him with his team, but mm. he just has to make what United do be what United do, not what United do when every country wants to pick and play. Do. Well, yeah, and it would it would make me feel a lot better being reductive if he had some riz about him, and he doesn't, and like he's not an inspirational guy at all, and so he's not bringing us along for the ride. So it has to be the it has to be the results. Yeah, and that's it. Like that's, and that's one of the things we're seeing with Poster Cockley. Like he's telling his players that they can, and Ten Hag is tacitly telling them that he doesn't think they can. Well, he's absolutely telling them he doesn't think they can because he said yeah. they're not good enough. <laughs> so uh, yeah, true that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he's uh, he's he's done a Mourinho with half the team. So except the rapists and the wife beaters, <laughs> who he's big fans of. So I mean, yeah. Oh. All right. Thank you very much, everyone. Good luck. Good luck, United. Good luck, Eric. We're going to need it. We'll catch you after buying. Oh, can we do a beseech on the uh, YouTube channel? Yes. All of you friends of the pod. Obviously, you don't need to watch us on YouTube if you don't like looking at us. And frankly, we understand. But if you could all just subscribe, it would mean effectively, I think, nothing to your life. (laughs) It would just be something appearing on your home screen every now and again, but it would enable us to keep doing these for free. So we appreciate you. And if you could help us out just by ticket, subscribe on YouTube, then, uh, yeah. Very good. Thank you. Please do that uh, and enjoy it. These videos do go up there Uh, and you can see Daniel horizontal and me leaning into the microphone. Broadcasters, we are not. But uh, yeah, thanks for that. Please.